0: All right, hello everyone. I'm just gonna preface, I'm a bit nervous, so bear with me. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to start off today by quickly acknowledging the opportunity that I have to get up here and share my testimony. Murray has asked me many times over this past year if I would like to share at the end of sermon series, and I've always managed to find an excuse as to why I couldn't do it. When he asked me a couple of weeks ago if I would like to share my testimony, I felt a very strong nudge from God that this is something I should be doing. So I very reluctantly said yes. Now I would be lying if I didn't say that I've rethought my answer many times. Um, and if not for the sheer fact that I would already committed myself to it, I probably would have pulled out by now. In a lot of ways, I am dealing with a huge sense of imposter syndrome being up here. I've been battling the reoccurring thoughts all week of who am I to get up here and share. But nonetheless, I am praying that some of you can get some encouragement out of what I share today. If I was to summarise my testimony in just a few words, I would say it's a journey from fear to freedom. My story starts off the same way that a lot of peoples do. I was born into an environment where Christianity was the norm. My mum was a Christian. A lot of my extended family are Christians. I went to a Christian school from kindy right through to year 12. We went to church every Sunday. As I said, Christianity was normal for me. And in a lot of ways, Christianity was actually the easier option for me. I know that I didn't put much thought into my faith for the first part of my life. It was just something that I and all the people around me referred to ourselves as. We are Christians. Now, not all of my childhood was completely smooth sailing. Like everyone in this room, I have had some hurdles to face over the years. I grew up with a father who was very absent in my life, and there were issues of alcohol and abuse and I don't wanna to spend too much time dwelling on that part of my life. But I will just say that growing up in an environment that was unpredictable and a lot of times out of control caused me to battle with my mental health from a really young age. So much of my external world felt out of control. So I developed the perception that if I was, to w- if I was able to control things, they wouldn't be able to control me. Although I didn't know it at the time, I had developed a pretty debilitating form of an anxiety from a pretty young age. The first time that I remember needing to rely on God was when I was eight years old. I was in a pretty stressful situation concerning my dad and I started having what I now know was a panic attack. This was a time when anxiety was not something that was widely known about or talked about like it is today. Little eight year old me had no idea what a panic attack was. So when I started having one in the back of the car this particular night, the only conclusion that I could come to was that I must be dying. I couldn't breathe, my arms were completely numb, I felt like I was going to throw up. I thought I must have been having a heart attack. And in that moment, my first instinct was to pray. So very simply prayed, God, please don't let me die right now. These episodes that I I now know are panic attacks began to happen more and more frequently. I got to the point where I was just living in this constant state of feeling sick, a constant state of fear. I couldn't eat, so mum thought it might have been some form of intolerance or allergy. I had so many tests done, ultrasounds, blood tests, urine samples, it all came back inconclusive. So the doctors said, there was nothing wrong with me. And when you're told by a doctor that there's nothing wrong with you, you kind of just assume that the way you're feeling must be normal. So, not realising that what I was feeling was far from normal, I carried on silently suffering with anxiety for the next 14 years. At times it was completely debilitating. I began to miss a lot of school because I just wasn't coping. I would obsess over situations and look for any way that I could claim back a bit of control in my life. And I also grew up as a pretty high level gymnast as a kid and my coaches would call me shakes because I was just constantly trembling. (laughs) This anxious mindset influenced how I approached God as well. Giving up control was not something that I was good at. So I approached God with the mindset that I needed to be able to control him too. I would have been about 14 years old when I remember having the thought for the first time, am I even a Christian? My friends started talking about when they had accepted God into their lives. For some people this was back when they were like five years old, others were talking about it as a present event that had just happened. And here I was having this sinking realisation that I had never had the same experience. I knew I had grown up going to church, but I was beginning to realise that it really didn't mean much. At this time, I was not concerned with the personal relationship with God. And honestly, the only reason that I was worried about whether or not I was a Christian was because I knew that I wasn't getting to heaven if I wasn't one. So in the most uneventful way, one afternoon after school, I sat on my bed and I prayed the prayer. I didn't have much of an idea of what I was saying. i had never been to a church or an event that had an altar call. So I knew the general idea of saying, I believe you are God. I'm sorry for sinning and I'm giving my life to you but I just felt like I didn't know the right thing to say. I was waffling on for probably about 15 minutes, and I kept saying the same thing just over and over again. I had this overwhelming sense of fear and panic that if I didn't say the right thing, God wouldn't hear me, and even if he did hear me, he wouldn't accept the wrong prayer. I was approaching him the way that my anxiety had taught me to to approach life. Be perfect, control everything, and then you'll be safe. This is kind of embarrassing to admit, but after I had prayed for those long 15 minutes, I wrote this little note and stuck it in my wallet. And it read something along the lines of, on this date, at this time, I gave my life to God by saying this certain thing. It was almost like my get into heaven free card. I kept it in my wallet and would look at it all the time. It was my way of reminding myself and God that I was sweet. I was getting into heaven. Not much changed in my life in the few years after this had happened. And looking back now, I know that my life wasn't changed really at all. I was no more of a Christian after I prayed that prayer than I was before it. My heart wasn't changed. I didn't have a personal relationship with God. I just viewed him as my ticket into heaven for myself and the people that I loved. It was when I was in about year 10 that things started to shift for me. I went away on a school camp and on the final night of camp, we had a guest speaker come in. Now remember, I went to a Christian school, so this is pretty normal. (laughs) I couldn't tell you their name or even what they were specifically talking about. All I remember was that I had this overwhelming sense of emotion that night. It was that lump in your throat, I'm so close to tears that this is physically painful to try and stop it kind of emotion. And it made no sense for me to be that emotional. Nobody else in the room was seeming to have the same response that I was having. Put simply, I was having an encounter with God. And as the speaker was finishing up his talk, he finished with this one line which has stuck with me ever since that moment. He said, if no one around you was to stand up and follow God, would you still choose to follow him even then? And in that moment, those two words, even then, hit me so hard. At the time, I did not have a grasp of what those words really meant, what it meant to choose to follow God when everything was telling you otherwise. The following few years were very formative in my walk with God. And I am so incredibly thankful for the environment that I was in during those years. I know that going to a Christian school played an enormous role in my faith. I had an opportunity to go on many mission trips to an Aboriginal community in Cairns. I led at lunchtime groups where the senior students got around and encouraged the younger students. Spending days surrounded by teachers that would talk openly about God, who would pray with you and give you words of encouragement were all just so pivotal for me. And at the time, I don't think I fully grasped the enormity of what what opportunities I was given during my senior years of high school. We as students were encouraged to be bold, to step out as leaders, Um, and those teachers got what it meant to not let anyone look down on you because you were young. In a lot of ways, I look back on those years with a lot of nostalgia. I wasn't concerned with knowing all the answers about God. I just knew what I believed and I wanted to share that with other people. Life wasn't always perfect during those years. I was still battling anxiety quite badly, but overall, I loved God and life felt good. I do know deep down though, that I had a really prideful prideful mindset. I liked that I was doing all of these things. It made me feel important. I was finding my worth in the things that I was doing. I thought I had it all figured out. And the truth is, I didn't know how much I didn't know. The next few years were pretty uneventful in terms of my walk with God. I moved churches a few times, and then I started coming here to Dural in about July of 2017. Life just felt good, but in all honesty, my walk with God was a little bit stagnant. Then fast forward to May of 2018, my life pretty much changed overnight. It was just one regular Monday morning that I headed off to work, only to come home that afternoon to my mum telling me that she'd gone to the doctor that day and something was wrong. Two weeks later, the diagnosis of cancer was in and within a month, she had started a pretty aggressive form of treatment. Within a few short weeks, my life had changed from just being this regular 22 year old who had just been away on a trip to Melbourne with her. Someone who loved her job and was studying something she was really passionate about. My future looked bright. And then I turned into this person who spent her days in the hospital surrounded by cancer patients. There was this one particular day that sticks out in my mind specifically. I was sitting next to my mum in the chemo chemo ward and I looked around the room and noticed all the other patients. And in that moment, I noticed how they were all significantly older than my mum. I would have been the youngest person in the room by about 20 years. And I just remember thinking in that moment, God, it's not supposed to be this way. I couldn't believe what our life was looking like. My mum was my best friend and I just couldn't imagine living life if she wasn't in it. I felt very alone. My mum's cancer journey was very short. She was in treatment for about six months before she became quite unwell and was admitted into the hospital for the final time. Unfortunately, five weeks later, she passed away in mid-December of that year and to be in the room as she took her last breath was the most surreal thing that I've ever experienced. Nothing could have prepared me for that moment, but I know when I think back to that morning that she died, I can say with absolute confidence that Jesus was in the room with us. The only way I can describe it was that he gave me a supernatural peace at a time when my world was ripped out from under me. The reality of God has never been as profound or tangible than it was in those moments. The fact that my mum was so positive during this journey meant that her death caught me completely off guard. I was so confused as to why God had let this happen. I'm a pretty private person, so I kept a lot of what I was feeling in my head after she had died. 2019 was easily the hardest year of my life, both emotionally and spiritually. I maintained a bit of a facade that I was coping, when actually I really wasn't at all. There were so many things that just didn't make sense to me. I couldn't understand why some people are healed and others aren't, and I hate to admit this, but I genuinely questioned whether God was even real. I just couldn't make sense out of him, life, and everything that was wrong in the world. People around me kept telling me how strong I was and how proud they were of me, and this used to drive me crazy because I felt like a total fraud. Deep down on the inside, I felt like I was dying. There was one particular day in about mid 2019 when it all just got to breaking point for me. I sat at this park at the end of our street and I just sobbed before God. I was sick of pretending that I trusted him in front of others while deep down, I had all of these doubts in my head. I told him that I hated him. I remember yelling quite a few expletives at him and audibly said, I don't even think you're real. And it was in that moment I had this sense of God saying, finally, I've been waiting for you to tell me how you really feel. I continued to sit there weeping for a while when two words from scripture popped into my head, two words that are now up there with some of my favorite verses in the Bible. Jesus wept. And in that moment, I could see this image of Jesus sitting weeping alongside me. This one very short verse tells us so much about the character of Jesus his humanity and his ability to feel our emotions. I felt so connected with him in that moment. And it almost felt like he was saying to me, I didn't want your mum to die either. This broke my heart too. When I think about my mum's journey with cancer, the thing that stands out the most to me was her faith. It was unwavering. She took any opportunity that she had to tell others about Jesus when she was sick. And she was so convinced that she was gonna be healed. She prayed for healing constantly. She refused to give any thought to her sickness. I remember waking up one night at home to hear her talking. And I was really confused because it would have been like 3 o'clock in the morning. So I just sat and listened for a moment. And I very quickly realised that she was praying. She was praying for healing, praying against the devil, praying for protection and declaring Jesus' name over this situation. And that moment sums up how she tackled that whole year. God taught me what it meant to truly rely on him with everything I have through my mum's journey. And I have dealt with a lot of guilt because I certainly haven't relied on him as much as I could have. Guilt when I think about the way that my mum trusted him as she was literally dying. And here I am so much of the time struggling to have half the amount of faith that she had. I am learning that there is so much grace in that though. I have tangibly felt the gentleness of God, the way he will guide and lead us back. He celebrates our progress and does not for a second condemn our shortcomings. And Jumping forward to last year, I made the decision to start studying at Bible College. And I don't really know why I made that decision at the time, because I'm not planning on getting into ministry at all. But I have been using study as a form of distraction and a bit of a coping mechanism for many years. So this definitely played into the decision-making process to start some more study. This wasn't the only reason, though. After the journey of 2019, I had this deep desire to learn more about God. I did also have a bit of a foolish attitude that going to Bible college would answer all of the hard questions that had come up in my head after my mum had died. And that played a big role in the decision-making process as well. I wanted to figure out God. I thought that if I just knew all the history of the Bible, if I could read all the stories with a better understanding of the context in which they were written... And even if I could learn Hebrew, then it would all make perfect sense to me. I would have no more doubts or questions. And I reckon it probably would have been about day three when I heard one of my lecturers say, I don't know for the first time. And in that moment, I was very naively gobsmacked by their response. What do you mean you don't know? You're a lecturer at Bible college. You have to know that's why I'm here. (laughs) And this past year has been a very humbling experience for me. I've learned how to be okay with not knowing everything and I'm actually learning to find beauty in not having all the answers. Even though not everything makes sense about God, I can now say that things make a lot less sense without him. I guess at the end of the day, my testimony is not this big, exciting story where I had one particular encounter with God that changed my life forever. Mine is more a story of slow transformation that will continue on after today as well. A spiritual journey filled with highs and lows along the way. There have been times that I could say with absolute certainty that God is real and I want to serve him with my whole life. There have been other times where I've believed the total opposite and honestly didn't want to have a bar of him. A lot of the time I found myself somewhere in the middle of those two extremes. He has shown me that regardless of how it feels, he is present in the little mundane moments of life. The question is if we're looking for him or not. I have just one really small example of how this has played out for me and it was a day that I went to Coorong in 2019 and it was at the peak of my, I'm really struggling and I'm not coping phase. I, wa- I walked past this book that instantly caught my eye and it was titled, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. Now this probably sounds little and insignificant to you, but these are the exact words that I used to say to God during my mum's cancer journey and then after she had died all the time. And in that moment, I just felt less alone. My pain felt seen and valid. I felt like God was speaking directly to me and saying, I see you. God has taught me how to see his beauty in the day to day life a show stopping sunset, breathing in crisp winter air, the people in my life, a bird soaring in the wind, listening to a song that transports you to another place. God is in all of those things. And I hate to think of all the times that I have missed what God is saying because I am too busy searching for him in the spectacular when the spectacular is actually right in front of us all the time. Now, to finish off, I just want to really quickly read a chapter from the Bible that has really encouraged me a lot this past year. It's a story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faithfully refusing to bow and worship King Nebuchadnezzar. So I'm just going to quickly read that. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, lyre, harp, pipe and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what god will be able to rescue you from my hand?' that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up.